Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here, episode 324. We are going to have a big show today, two hours jam-packed, including one hour of just talking about this tragedy, George Floyd, Black Lives Matters, uh, police brutality, reform solutions, uh, political failures. And we're going to be having two guests in this hour, and that's going to be legendary LFL champion, um, that would be Daniel Harvey in the house today, including her teammate and uh, LFL All-Star, Sherry Owaga. Um, they're going to be coming in here, and they're going to be talking about George Floyd. We're going to be talking about police brutality, solutions to that issue, uh, as well as, like I said, we're going to be talking about political ineps that have not fixed this issue that has been going on for a long, long time. So we're going to dive into a lot of things within the hour. They'll be here in about 10 minutes. And we're going to really just dissect that. Right after this hour, we're going to dive into uh, NFL news and reactions, of course. Um, You know, Drew Brees' statement, for one. Uh, Martellus Bennett's response. Um, uh, You have also, will the return of Kaepernick to the NFL, based on what's happened here? Uh, Players kneeling for 2020, as Adrian uh, Peterson has noted. So there's a lot of changes in the NFL coming forward here for 2020 in terms of what's happened here uh, in in the tragedy of George Floyd, of course. Uh, we're also going to be diving into women's news. Really exciting news this week. Um, Finland uh, will kick off July 2020. We didn't anticipate women's football at all to presume or return at this point, uh, but on the international scene, we do have football back. We also have to give a shout-out to the Utah Girls uh, Football League that uh, kicked off this past weekend. And they uh, obviously have opened up their stuff in Utah, so that's really awesome. And we're going to kind of dive into their stuff that happened this past weekend. Plus, we had uh, Sim City Trojans last week here, Devin Jones, coach, and the uh, talented Lexi DeMeo uh, in the house. And if you missed it, you can go back to the episode next, last week, 323. And they were gonna, going up against the Texas Seahawks, and they just routed 78-0. to zero. So in, in motion. Since City Trojans looking for like a six to eight games, you know, independent type of schedule for them. And uh, so if you want to check out some of the highlights, you can go to our No Joke football brand right there. You can catch uh, the talented Lexi DeMeo uh, just doing her thing as quarterback and getting that big win on the route of 78-0 to zero against the uh, West Texas team. So that was really, really cool. Uh, there's going to be a lot of news as we get into when Mackenzie Brooks comes in here in about an hour. And like I said, we'll dive into the NFL uh, scope of things, what's going to happen there. We'll also dive into women's uh, great iron news and notes. Uh, I want to just thank everybody for subscribing to uh, our podcast. Uh, really, really awesome. Uh, we are doing a lot of great things with the platform. Hopefully in 2021, we are going to do a lot more great things with the platform. We're looking towards um, IG formats. We're looking into Facebook Live formats and things like that. But overall, we're doing great. And I really, really, really appreciate everybody going to iHeart. Uh, Spotify has picked up the subscription there and an Apple podcast as well and for giving us a great, great rating. So 
uh, really continue to do that. We're also on, Glo- uh, on globalwomensportsradio.com. Uh, that's uh, Henry G's platform as well, who covers everything to do with women's sports um, in general besides women's football. And so you want to follow him at www.globalwomensportsradio.com. Of course, right here on Block Talk Radio, as always, uh, Block Talk's been our favorite platform and our actual ship that runs it and everything else, so we really appreciate that. And, of course, Zazzle.com. So Zazzle.com's been our sponsor for eight years. Uh, Zazzle's the one that keeps this podcast going. So if you haven't gone to our, our No Joke Football Shop, really encourage you to go there to the No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Iron Beauties. Uh, up to 25% off weekly on select items. Uh, get the best shirt, selling shirt that we have. Yes, I'm a girl. I play football or the not a not a boys game shirt as well, or your other favorites as well. So I'm um, kind of excited today to introduce another talented athlete to the No Joke Football Revolution, and that's going to be Detroit Dark Angels All-American standout uh, Lisa Gomes. And she's going to be playing in anticipation for 2021 season with the WFLA Denver Goal Rush. So if you haven't uh, checked it out, go to the No Joke Football Band page on Facebook. Go to our No Joke uh, No Joke Football Brand page on IG at the Stories Line. And uh, Lisa's really awesome. Uh, 2017 Team Canada Silver Medalist, as well as she helped out last year with the Detroit Dark Angels go deep in the playoffs into uh, a final stage. So congratulations to her and um, for trusting us to uh, spotlight her as well and for bringing attention to women's American football. So it's really exciting times there. If you haven't gone to the hub, you need to go to the hub. That is the place to be because we are the best network on the planet, bar none. We have the best network on the planet. I'm very proud to say that. Over 10 years of laboring, and we have the best network from Europe, Australia, uh, Pacific, to North America, to South America, you name it. If women's American football is being played, we have individuals that are covering the sport globally, and that's what you get at the hub at facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties. We're close to 10,000. Really, really want to get to 10,000. I believe we're at 8,200 right now. So if you can make it possible, share our posts, share our stories, uh, share our breaking news updates. Um, want to just touch base on really great news uh, in Finland. Uh, Kuopo Steelers were not supposed to participate this year because of what's, what's happening with everything else, and they couldn't feel the team so early. So uh, four, of their me- four of their great players are going to be participating on the Turku, uh, Turku Trojans roster, and that's going to be Laura uh, Polkinen, um, Essie Sassamonian, uh, Evi Lajapuro, and then I believe o- Ona Tuomu. Uh, so those are the four additions to Pauli Alayenin's staff, and we're really excited to see what the Finnish uh, season is going to be like. Uh, we're looking at forward to it. Uh, the Valkyries of St. Petersburg also will not be playing this season, but we will have, obviously, a great season. And Turku benefits from these four Kuapo Steelers. And if you missed the article there, you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. It's a pretty good article there. You, uh, you probably need to do Google Translate to kind of just get it, uh, you know, translated. But uh, TukoTrojans.com, that's uh, the breaking news this week that spotlighted these girls to come out. Bigger news, as we were coming on this, the, what, yesterday and the day before, the bigger news was WNFC verified on IG, which is really cool. Uh, WNFC verified on IG. So uh, congratulations to the WNFC for being verified on IG 
And so they're about, uh, I think, 620 followers away from 5,000. So if you haven't gone to the page on IG, go to uh, the page on IG at w, uh, WNFC Football. And so you can subscribe there and get the latest news updates on everything that's happening in the WFC as we uh, get ready for 2021. So congratulations to Odessa, uh, Elizabeth Jenkins, and the, all the owners and, of, of course, all the talented athletes in the WNFC and WFC official on IG. So I'm waiting to see that little hash mark on Twitter, hopefully down the road here, and maybe on Facebook as well. But overall, on IG is where they're at, and that's uh, they got verified. So congratulations to the ownership, the owners, and obviously the talented, amazing players that play in the WNFC. So check it out. Uh, you go to WNFC Football on IG, and you can get the latest posts there from them as well. And if you haven't figured it out, it's Pride Month this month, so um, LGBT Pride Month this month, so everybody is on board this month as well. So don't forget that, um, considering everything else that's going on in the world. Um, you know, this is, this is an important month for everybody as well. So if you have any um, friends or family members, make sure, you know, show your support this month for that. And then also, you know, just, you know, just basically help them out if they need help. We're all in this, in this together, of course, and we really need to make an effort to just, you know, spotlight all those talented athletes, especially in both football leagues, to bring attention to those athletes as well as to those leagues that need help. So congratulations to the WNFC uh, for being verified on IG, which is really, really awesome. All right, so we're going to be going into the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com, and today we're going to be having uh, two guests uh, one of the uh, guests that we're going to be having, we've had before, and uh, very outspoken, very talented, as well as a champion. And she's a, an amazing uh, talent that the w, WFLA is going to pick up on the LA Fames. So it's really, it's going to be really exciting for us to dive in to the uh, veteran, which is Daniel Harvey in the house. So let's bring her in right now in the No Joke Football Huddle, uh, sponsor, sponsored by Zazzle.com. So you can go to Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties and get everything there up to 25% off. So let's go ahead and bring in Daniel Harvey in the house, former uh, LFL champion as well as a WFLA LA Fames. What's Daniel, up? how's it going? How are you doing, Oscar? I'm uh, fantastic. Am... I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, these um, conversations right now, these topics have been something that – I've been nonstop talking about um, publicly, privately, to anybody who's going to listen because that's where we're at right now. But um, I'm here, and I'm excited to talk to you this uh, evening. All right. Uh, I guess Sherry will uh, come along in a little bit then. Sherry should be down there she in is. now. Uh, there yep. she is. Let's get her on here now. Um, Sherry Awaga is coming in here as well. So, Sherry, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Great. Thanks for joining us, making the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Uh Daniel, let's start with you. Um we've had this this let's just start with the with the facts, right? This has been an ongoing issue yeah. even before George Floyd, right? It's been generations sure. upon generations. Uh, administrations upon administrations. Uh we're talking political gains uh, and things that should have happened, could have happened, but never have been resolved. So um, tell us a little bit about the impact. I know I talked about on my podcast last week how, you know, I'm, I'm a former MP guy, which is, uh, you know, what was done by the cop is really uh, out of the norm. That never happens. You know, you out-muscle somebody, you put them on the ground, 
you 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 use a little force to get them on can, uh, handcuffs, right? You put them in a squad card or you set them aside in a in an open area, and then you know then you just you know take them to process, right? That's supposed to be the the reality. It isn't supposed to be you put a neck over their head and and, and uh, choke hold them with the knee, right? That's just just not the norm. Definitely not. That's not police procedure at all. And anyone who would possibly think that, not even ever have been in uh, law enforcement myself, um, I, I would never imagine that being a way you subdue anyone. I actually uh, worked with children, um, children at risk, and there were holds and all that we learned. And there was never, ever one time when you laid anyone on the ground. Like, prone restraints were banned because you are actually pressing down on their diaphragm. You're pressing down on the way they're they are able to breathe on their lungs. So it, it just doesn't right. make any sense that for him to stand behind any type of, oh, it was danger. Plus, there's evidence that they had uh, Floyd in the truck. What was the point of taking him out of the vehicle to put him on the floor? That's the thing that aggravates me because it really puts a black eye to every good cop. You know what I mean? Somebody that's actually trying to do their job as specified, and now all of a sudden you put a black eye on just the whole squad. You know, I talked about Agreed. military last year, uh, last weekend about you know how one bad one bad soldier can ruin a squad's image, and 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 that becomes the norm for people to think that this is you know the normal in the community, which is not. But uh, and with the same token, we got to be truthful, right? There are bad uh, cops in every squad, and there's people that do take it over the line. I mean, I was, I was a, uh, an unfortunate, uh, you know, live uh, participant of the L.A. riots uh, when it was uh, basically uh, Rodney King in Los Angeles in '92, and I can tell you that there was so much hatred for the Los Angeles Police Department, and that's because they were just the majority of the squad, you know, was was bullying the community which was uncalled for. Right. It right. never should be. Go ahead, Sherry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, what I was getting ready to say is just uh, it never should be that one person is um, put in a position to where you can demonize the whole department. Um, you know, I, I disagree with that completely. But the fact that this is not one incident, it does, you know, at this point, it's bringing to light the fact that, you know, this is not a one-time incident. You can literally go online and you can look at hours and hours of police brutality, but that still does not demonize the whole, you know, police force. And this is why I believe us as the citizens, we should have more power as to you know, controlling what's going on with them. They're supposedly public servants. We should not be in fear of our life from them. I think the right. lack of grading people is, is I think, an issue. We don't do it at a community level. And I'm talking about, like, you know, you go to school and you get tested frequently and then you get a grade or whatever, right? We don't do that in any community that I'm aware of. I mean, um, Sherry, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but we don't do that. We just – we kind of just let the incident happen. We let it uh, die down a little bit. Uh, we might, right. you know, voice some concern, but then we don't we don't raise anything. You know, we don't remove people from from right. uh, um, office. Think... We don't remove people from you know where they're where, where this is. It's basically I think if you got rogue cop uh, rogue cops, it becomes at some point a a cultural 
uh, thing within the squad, and then it just uh, people, even the good cops, right. turn a blind eye because they just don't want to get involved. Right. The thing is, I feel like it's been going on for years upon years. You know, probably before now, I was born. Definitely. Are not being held accountable for their actions. Like we're constantly seeing since Rodney King, all this stuff happened. Are the cops being held accountable for beating this man damn near to death? Like I don't understand why this keeps happening. Like yeah, this usually when this does happen, it blows over and then everybody's back to normal, whatever normal is considered nowadays. Um, and then it happens again, and then there's like an uprising. What we need is a solution. This is a constant problem in our community throughout the nation, United States, and it's become a global issue now at this point. Now that we have everybody's attention, now we need to change this system. And what it is, it's it's institutionalized. There needs to be training done. Management, the culture of the police department needs to change. And the thing is, the justice system always protects them. That's why they're always getting away with things. The laws need to change when it comes to the policing. Um, And... It's going to start, unfortunately, stuff like this has to happen. Um, Somebody has to die to this extent for things to really start changing. Unfortunately, George Floyd's life was taken. Um, God rest his soul. But we need to start changing. We can't just continuously throw this under the rug and think nothing's going to happen from it. So they got to expect, you know, the riots and the looting. Unfortunately, the looting shouldn't happen. But something's got to happen for some change to occur. That's how I feel. Sherry, um, do you feel like – oh, Daniel, go ahead. No, that wasn't me. That was Sherry. No, go ahead. All right. No, oh, I didn't want to stop you if you had a thought going. No, go ahead. Okay. No, I was I was saying because, like, my neighborhood, right, I don't see that it being an issue. And I think that's where it happens with a lot of people, right? If I'm – I might be wrong. Okay. There's just certain areas that, okay, I, I don't see it, right? I don't see that. Um you know, mm-hmm. and then some people will turn around and go, Danielle, well, it's a metro issue because you live in Los Angeles. It's a bigger scope, and maybe it's just an issue in Los Angeles. It isn't an issue in the rural areas, or isn't an issue in Montana. You know what I mean? As an example, um, so a lot of people don't think of it as a big deal. Like I said, it'll cool off in certain areas, and it never becomes a resolve, basically. And I think that's, and I think part that's of when it comes to like. Oh. I, I I I believe that that's part of the bigger problem as well, the fact that people are so quick to say, well, it's not happening to me, so, you know, I'm not even worried about it. I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to do what I got to do because it's not affecting me, and that's just wrong. That, that, that's what I feel like a lot of people even do when we, they hear us say Black Lives Matter. Well, what about, well, what about it's all about me, 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 me. American people are extremely selfish. If they can't see it working out for them somehow, then we typically – will say, oh, you know, it's not that important. It's not my problem. So let me press on and do something else. I believe with everything going on, with uh, everything being shut down, excuse me, sports and all, you know, it's afforded us the um, chance to continue this fight, to continue to resist because there is nothing else to do. You know, there are no sports for people to be distracted in. And Frankly, the athletes are, you know, the black community. They, they can focus their fight right now to help us further what we're trying to do to bring equality to all, you know. It's Black Lives Matter first, and that's only because we want to eventually get to All Lives Matter because you can't keep excluding one particular group when, you know, this, this is 
American wide. It's just not in every single neighborhood like you started out saying. But we can't be selfish yeah. and think that it's not happening. Danielle, um, can you tell me a little bit of your experiences? Have you been, you know, stopped just because of your color? Have you been bullied because of your color? I mean, in your experiences, in other words, your personal experiences have, you know, I'm not talking just police in general, but I'm talking about, like, you know, people stereotype, right? If you're the only uh, African-American in the boardroom, as an example, or if you're the only person in in this setting or that setting, right, it it becomes a situation where people assume, okay, it's, it's just normal. It's not a big deal, right? But in some instances, it is a big deal because um, I will tell you, I had an instance, I'm literally typically white, right? I'm like literally white, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm Mexican. I was mm-hmm. working in a, in a situation where somebody mis, missed, uh, basically thought that I was Portuguese, for example. And they were insulted Racially because so I didn't speak Portuguese. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm like... I'm Mexican. I just look white. And they're like, oh, you're Portuguese. No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. That's where I think most of it starts is just the assumption of something. And so just because you're a black person in, let's say, a white neighborhood, so let's take Aubrey, right, for example, uh, they just assume that it was was some sort of break-in, and now we got to take action, uh, you know, personal action, right? It's just (laughs) it just blows your mind, you know? It's like, what? It's like, it's not right. It's also that um, entitlement, you know, um, that that leads to a lot of these murders against my people because they feel they have the absolute right to question you. I've gone to complexes downtown L.A. and went into – because my brother and I are also personal trainers. We have gone to residents where we have a client that lives there. So we're down waiting in the lobby. And, you know, if someone happens to come out, it's like, oh, cool, let's let's hop in. You know, we've been here before. We know where we're going. We're waiting for our client to come down. Or, you know, so we have the chance to walk in and, you know, have someone stop and grab the door and turn around and look at you and say, what are you doing here? I've never – you don't belong. It's none of your business. Wow. That's why there's other things and protocols put in place that you don't have to sit here. Your door is locked. Why are you worried about what I am coming to do? You just assume that I was coming to do something to you, like just out of nowhere. It, it, it happens more often than, you know, I personally would like, of course, and it, it's just not fair. You know, me personally, I feel like I'm educated enough to not respond the way, I mean, if I didn't fear going to jail or if I didn't fear losing what I worked so hard for, I would most definitely turn around and sit in their face and disrespect them the way they have disrespected me. Because at this point, I am extremely frustrated and tired and completely done with being disrespected just simply because I woke up. Because guess what? My skin is black every single day, and that's not going to ever change. That's right. Sherry, um, I just thought, Sherry have you had that experience um, well, yeah, just being an African-American woman by itself, like, we're already deemed, oh, the angry black woman, oh, she doesn't smile enough, she doesn't do this enough. It's never enough. Like, if we're too happy, True. then something's up. If we're if we're in a group of black people together, they're up to something. It's just, like, automatically we're deemed something negative, which is wrong. And that's honestly, it's the society's uh, reason for that. The media, how they portray us in the media how they have us looking, how they have us, you know, showing us dying every every other day, like, by police. Like, it's deemed that word negative. Black men are thugs, criminals, 
they they pants are sagging, they're this, they're that. Women were negative, were attitude, we got a, a problem with everybody, and that's not the case. Um, if I don't smile enough, then I'm unhappy or something's wrong. Or, like, I get that all the time because I have uh, our resting bee face, <laughs> but I'm genuinely a happy person. People automatically assume the worst just because, like, I don't, you know, exude this happiness or whatever. So, I mean, just automatically walking into a room and people already assuming the worst about me, like, I automatically have to put on a good face. So that within itself, just walking into a store, walking into a job, like, you already have to have a mindset of something else because they can, auto, you know, automatically assume things. Um, I think being educated, being um knowledgeable about where we've come from, what we are, and where we can go, I think that'll help a lot of African Americans like myself and other cultures understand what, why we're so tired, why we're frustrated, and what we are trying to do to show the world, literally, um, that we need to be treated just as equal as the rest of the you know, other communities and cultures. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Danielle, um, do you think yeah. social media has made it more of a, a reality wake-up call? Because we had no social media prior to that, and things like this happened back in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, they've, they've happened in every decade pretty much. But there's never been like well, a, you know, a sort of an impactful awareness of it. Now we have an awareness. And I'm not talking about just Floyd in general, but we're talking about like Sherry says, you know, we have examples in Chicago, Baltimore. There's certain hotbeds, right, where there's just – these things happen on an everyday basis. And I'm not, I'm not talking about just black on black crime or anything like that. We're talking about black and white crime, you know, all the general stuff, but on an everyday perception, that is reality in some areas of the country. And it's a, a lot more intense than others. Yeah. It's definitely more intense in other areas um, than, you know, particular areas. But um, I, I do believe that cell phone footage, videos and all that, the mm-hmm. internet, completely has been um, a key success in, you know, the community finally waking up and realizing, like, they're not going to change. They, The government, they have the power. Why would you give it away if no one's complaining? If no one's making a big enough fuss, I can give you pennies. Here you go. Here's your pennies. And you can go on and be happy. Okay, cool. Things are good. Like, why, why change anything? There doesn't need to be systematic change if you guys are comfortable with us changing one little law in one little county of one little incident. No, this needs to be an overall haul, a systematic change all the way from the top, from the person we have in the president position, which is ridiculous because you actually need qualifications for jobs. And they gave this man a damn job with no qualifications whatsoever to be a president. He's an idiot. And, and and we're supposed to just follow along blindly. Hmm, let me follow the clown around. No, I think not. I'm not that dumb. I have a way higher education than him. This man is someone who ran from the military. We have a coward in power right now. I can go on how do you, about him. How do you, Daniel, Daniel how do you fix, uh, let's say he's, he's here for four years, he's gone in November. We're still going to have this issue. So whether it's Joe Biden or whether it was Barack Obama, whether it was George W. Bush, we've had this issue for a long time, and nobody wants to touch it. Sure. It's, I think it's more it, to do with power grab. You know, they're, they're either in bed with corpse or either in bed with 
you know, lawyers, justices, you know, I mean, it's just it's so much deeper. In some instances, it's become so ugly that opinion, they don't want to fix it. You know, they don't want to fix it, in other words. In my opinion, it's ultimately about the dollar. It's about money, you know. Um, yeah. that, that's what people are looking at. You know, if I can, mm-hmm. if I have this much money and I own all this, then that means I'm in power, you know. So I can own property. I can do this and that. They allow people who actually, you know, um, what is it, uh, kick in on, um, on bills and all to actually write policies. And that's just ridiculous because you're telling me that just because I was smart enough, business savvy enough to make a dollar, to make a coin big enough for sure. um, you can notice me, for me to put money into your establishment, that I get a say. That's like me coming to your house and say, hey, I got $50. I want you to start um, hanging your clothes out the back window instead of the front window. Are you cool with that? You know, that's pretty much what they're saying. I get to make decisions yep. because I put money in your pocket. And that's not right. That's not right. So what happens um, – I will give you an example. Uh, it might be just off base, but I'll give you an example. Uh, in my area, we had gang violence, you know, and it was just a lot of gang violence. Nobody wanted to touch it. The city, the, dis- the district representative didn't want to touch it. The city, may- city council didn't want to touch it. The-, the mayor didn't want to touch it. It took almost 400 of us to go into their faces and actually demand that they get a grant from the governor in order for them to put a SWAT team together to control the violence in certain, uh, certain areas of the city. So to me, it's like even our politicians are turning a blind eye, and they're not even addressing the actual citizen concerns. It's just, it's just an issue of, you know, votes. I hate to, to say it, but a lot of times that's what it is. They're, they're moving on to a cycle. It's like, uh, you know, I was part of a – when I was younger, I was part of, like, you know, a campaign, and as soon as the campaign was over, they got their votes – they're already planning their next vote campaign, which to me it's like it's kind of right. ridiculous. You just went on I, certain I pers- issues that citizens voice, and you decided to just completely okay, I'm 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 voted in, I'm good to go for the next you know two three years, and I'm good to go, and then the and then it's kind of like starts all over again, but nothing gets you right. know resolved or no results or, or issues. It it just pisses me off. I personally feel that with that type of situation, they need to start electing council members, mayors, governors who actually live in the city that understand the demographic, that understand the socioeconomic status of the community so that they know what the community needs and how to go about fixing it. And a lot of times these kids are at homes that either are broken or got single-parent homes, whether it's black, brown, Asian, Armenian, whatever, you know, and they don't have a way to express themselves, so they turn to the street. If they start putting more uh, funding into the communities um, and having kids doing more active things that's going to be, you know, enlighten them and put them in a positive direction, the crime rates will decrease. The, you know, all the things that are going on in those specific communities will start decreasing. So, and they don't want to do that. They like the numbers, oh, I'm going to put somebody in jail. That's, that's like Danielle said. It's all about money at the end of the day. So they don't care. They need to start electing governors, mayors, you know, politicians that are in the community or understand what needs to be done to fix it. Um, and I think that's the start. All these people that are in these high positions don't come from these communities. They're, you know, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or, you know, they were given trust fund babies. So they're just going to be put in these positions of power and don't understand what it takes to run these communities the right way. So 
All right. It's not yeah, right. Be, yeah, because their, their parents know somebody Jerry. and their uncle knows somebody, and then they just they plug them in. You're right. Right. It's right. like the good old boy system. You know, how do you break into a good old boy system when, you you know, they, they're getting, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take your resume, and it goes straight in the shredder. You know, they didn't even give you the opportunity to be there because they know they're hiring their cousin's nephew and et cetera, you know. And um, I seen a list the other day with – several jobs on it that I've never seen a job listing for um, jobs like who gets to decide what we actually watch and what books actually come out in America. There were several other um, things on this uh, list that I just never have seen a job opening for. And I don't think that's fair at all. The fact that the community that I come from possibly is why I haven't seen it versus had I been born with a silver spoon in Donald Trump's backyard, I would have afforded all these other opportunities. No. He's not opposed to using a black individual as his spokes one, long as he can control them. Right. So, right. Right. And, and it's a political game. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's in for themselves. D.C. has no reality about L.A. D.C. has no reality about anywhere else. It's like a bubble there. Um, Danielle, what, what would you do in terms of the problem? Okay, we have a problem with overly aggressive cops. We have some rogue cops. Um, how do we, you know, fix at least the police brutality uh, in, in regards? Do we grade them? Like you said, do we get a citizen, an independent citizen, you know, board that reviews on, on a 12-month basis or every six months and, and ends up grading and then and basically holding the police chief accountable, the mayor accountable. You know what I mean? There's got to be something that at least there's a check and balance for that. Because right now, you know, we go 12 months, we fund everything, and it's hunky-dory like, like normal. And, you know, anybody that's a bad cop, right, what ends up happening is what do we, what do we watch so far, right? Uh, Aubrey's um, incident didn't come about until 90 days later. So some things right. are just shoved under the rug. The, you know, the DAs right. are dirty. They shove it under the rug. I mean, just a, just a lot of, like, what you would call so so much lies, right? They don't even want to come up with any truth anymore. No, no. They, I, I feel like um, the fact that there are so many um, recordings of these incidents, uh, murders, excuse me, that, that, think about it, not everything's being recorded. So, like you said, it didn't come to light until days later. Um, and it's just, it, the man, you know, turned in the video, I'm, he definitely didn't think he'd end up being an accessory. Uh, he probably would have deleted the video completely and buried it. Um, so what I think that what we should do is there's, um, there's uh, Camden, uh, New Jersey. They have actually disbanded their police department. And what they have is the police uh, county department. This was done by their former mayor, Dana Red, uh, who is a black woman. And she uh, actually, you know, took steps to make sure that they disbanded the city police and that they were able to put in position people that were going to actually be with the community. These people have to actually introduce themselves. They have to go in the neighborhood they're working in and work with the people, which I think is one thing. Um, I know a lot. Um, one thing I agree on doing is defunding the police. And why I think that defunding the police is one thing that should be done nationwide is because money talks. Money talks. They've, they're already funded. They're overfunded. 
So I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, they're going to miss out on trainings and this and that, because they're already given trainings that clearly are not working. You know, it's what, six months in, uh, uh, six months, they're, they're taught to be a cop. You go in, you're taught to be a cop for six months. Did you really learn everything you needed to learn in that six months? And if you did, did you retain it? Now you're on the streets and you have this good old boys club that you join in and your superior says, you know, just do what I say. That's it. And, you know, we don't know what kind of skills and um, mindset or even the heart of this individual that's training these other people. I feel like there needs to be a way bigger, thorough background check, you know, that involves yeah. the community. There, there's right. so many different steps that they can make transparent. You know, I'm tired of this, oh, you know, um, you know, basically hierarchy to where, oh, when facts come out, you know, even though they already know the facts, we will share them as we can. What do you mean? Why do you get to justify what I get to know? That's what, that makes no sense to me. Some of you don't even have the education I have, and yet you're up there making decisions for my life. I don't think that's right at all. Um, yeah, to piggyback off of Danielle, um, to piggyback off of what Danielle was saying, I've talked to a couple of my friends that live in, you know, certain communities that are considered hood, whatever, um, but they've told me that a lot of the times these sheriffs and these LAPD people out here, they're not even from L.A., so they're not even from those specific communities to understand the people. So I think right there is a big issue as well. I feel like whoever these police departments are hiring, they need to hire individuals who understand the community, what needs to be done in the community, and how the community functions. That's why a lot of these times these police officers are quick to pull their gun out and shoot, like, or there, there needs to be a different type of protocol when it comes to detaining or questioning. It doesn't always have to be a pull out your gun and shoot. When it comes to African Americans or people of color, why is why are they so quick to pull out a gun? If it comes to a Caucasian person or somebody of fair skin, they're going to pull out a taser or a baton. What, what's the differentiation right there? That right there says a lot. Um, I honestly feel like, yes, yeah, training needs some more training needs to occur. I feel like they need to uh, reevaluate the people in power in those police departments because clearly they're getting direction from somebody that's giving them direction to do certain things that are not acceptable, police brutality. Um, yeah, because they don't have no conscience when it comes to this. It's being a human and having a certain amount of decency at the end of the day. And a lot of the times they're getting away with a lot of these things that, are not being brought to the air, and that's why we're going through what we're going through. History keeps repeating itself. So a lot of us have to really sit down and put our foot down now and figure out what's going on and how are we going to solve this. Um, and it's going to start from the higher power, I feel. They need to change a lot of their laws because all, all those laws are from 1918-something, and they carried over until now. This is a new right. day and age. So and that, that's you feel, Danielle. Danielle, yeah. do you feel yeah. like L.A. is a perfect example to make that change, the bigger the metro? Do you feel if it starts at the bigger metro area and if it can be done, like you were talking about the New Jersey change, right? New Jersey is sort of like yeah. in that big metro hotbed. And to your point, you know, it took somebody to do it um, and to, you know, to put some guidelines together. So you're not really right. – technically, you're not really defunding the police, right? You're technically just reverting it, like you said, to more of a citizen – 
uh, as Sherry was pointing here, more of a focus on reality of the neighborhood, you know, the reality of right. the neighborhood where it's like, you know, and, and to her point, it's true. I've had, I live in, over here in Carmel, Monterey, and I've had to confront police officers and, you know, and just by chatting, uh, hey, where, where'd you grow up in? And I'm thinking, okay, he's, he's going to grow up right here in low, you know, lower San Jose, right? Monterey, whatever, right? No, I'm from Idaho. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so it's like, right. See, yeah. that's a problem. And I, yeah. one, another thing I think they can put into place is, uh, you know, police, uh, an actual independent department for the police. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's go ahead and review these cases. And every mm-hmm. single, I mean, every single time a cop shoots his gun, he should be placed off of work. <laughs> he should be placed off of work. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> if, if there's no um, if there's no immediate outcry from the scene, because if there's an outcry like George Floyd, there's no way none of those officers should have walked away from the damn uh, uh, scene, the, the crime, the, the murder scene. They should not have walked away. Now, say a situation happens to where it was a, it was a justified shooting. You know, this this uh, this guy is actually a criminal, and he's out there trying to rob a bank, and he's shooting back at the cops, and they shoot him and kill. Okay, you know, let that officer go home because obviously there's witnesses and everything that go on to justify his shooting for there. But that's not the end of that. They still will go by any footage they get for that individual um you know, they'll still go and um, look at any individual footage that happened that day, and then they'll determine, okay, this was a justified shooting, this is a good cop, you know, basically, or a good shooting. You can't determine if he's a good cop just off of that. But, you know, I, I think those steps right there, that if they actually knew, uh, my sergeant isn't going to be the one to make this first call, it's going to be somebody who doesn't really know me, and they're looking at all the facts, then I think we can get some change as well. All right, uh, Sherry, you know, uh, you, you probably follow Sean King, uh, or I don't know if you follow Sean King or not, but if you follow Sean King, um, Sean King was really highly critical of Joe Biden because he said, you know, he's been in position for, what, 36 years? He's talked about it for right. 36 years, and he hasn't done a thing in 36 years, right? I mean, he's like, in other words, in other words, like, it's, I think his point was it, maybe it's time for term limits. Maybe it's time for, like, hey, right. everybody just shuts down at four years and, and put in Danielle. Like Danielle's point <laughs> like, you know, give another person a shot. You know what I mean? I'm just saying because it's I, like I, we're I, looking. I here, here's what my neighbor that. said. Like like, here's what my neighbor said, right? You're going to have Grandpa solve the problems of today's technology. Not going to happen. Right. 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 That's what yeah. he said. I mean, grandparents nowadays, I don't know. The, they don't even know how to work an iPhone. So how are they I'm able to run the country? <laughs> so I'm just saying it's like every president that we've had, right, every president that we've had, go by the age, right, 70-year-olds or over, 60-year-olds or over. We've never had a president that's like 42 years old, 45 years old, you know, somebody's right. 38. The age is what, like forty? It's not like sixty or anything like that, right? Right, right. So what I'm saying is, like, we don't have somebody that can relate to the in and now. Everybody can relate. Right. We all can go back to the past. You know, we all can learn from our grandparents. We all can learn from you know the past, right? We can all go back to the past. 
and we can all have right. examples of what happened in the past. But I think that I think uh, in terms of politics, the 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 fact that we have too many old parts <laughs> in DC. Yeah. And me, it's thirty five. Like, I just looked it up. It's outdated. Oh, like it is. It's outdated. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they know how, what scroll up and scroll down is. So it's just outdated. Right. It needs yeah, to change. I, I I definitely agree that um, that I, I've never thought about that, and I think that is a brilliant idea to actually have a time period because the thing is, like I was saying earlier, I used to be a behavioral specialist with these children, and it's like for the longest, it's like, all right, they got behavioral problems, but yet they're there. Some of them have mental issues as well, so it's like you, you can have that compassion for them when they're spitting on you or they're kicking you or they're trying to bite you or, you know, anything else, the, the negative uh, racist slurs, whatever they're doing to you, you have a compassion for them still because you know that they've had it tough and they're, you know, mentally not all there. But I hit 10 years, and I'm telling you right now, if I got spit on one more time, I probably was going to swing back. You know, if I got called <laughs> One more B-I-T-C-H <laughs> on the way in the door, I was going to swing back. So I knew I was done serving in that field. And that's why now I'm an office manager. I don't have to deal with children anymore. I love them still, but I don't have to deal with them on the daily. Sure. So it, 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 it preserved my image of them as well. So, you know, so I, Sherry, I love the time. Do we, I love do we wanna, <laughs> is it time to grade the politicians as well? Because – we're not grading the politicians. Here's, here's the four-year cycle. We're going to come into November. Uh, let's say we kick out Donald Trump, right, and we bring in Joe Biden. So he's promised that within 100, 100 days of him taking office, this is what I'm going to do for America, right? And in reality, it never happened. Bush said the same thing. Obama did it for eight years. Nothing happened. So at least what I'm trying to say is, like, are we just – Party? Uh, are we party loyalists just to be party loyalists? Or are we really looking at the issues and going, you're not fixing anything? It, honestly, 36 years. it makes me wonder. Saying, it like, honestly makes me. I think Sean King. I think Sean King has a good point. It's like why? Why do we expect less? In other words, I think that was his point. Why do we expect less? Is what's going to happen or not? So, but why are we accepting less? That's where we, exactly. the people, the community, need to start stepping up. Make these phone calls, keep harassing them, go to their doors, make them want to change because we're not moving unless you make a change because we're sick and tired of it. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired, period. Like, oh, yeah. it, yeah. it, it, just, it just comes to a point where I eventually want to have kids and I don't want to bring no kids in a world like this. Like, I don't because it's messed them. up, you know? It's scary. And it's like, I got to have a conversation with my child. You know, like, oh, you got to be careful how you talk to these police. You got to be mindful of how you walk by these police. Don't look at them a certain type of way. They're going to look like, no, that's wrong. And these people in these top boards and council, they need to start recognizing that. They need to come into the community and see for themselves what we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. They need to start doing that. And like you said, there needs to be a time gap of (laughs) how long they're serving their term or time in that seat. Because we need we need young people in these positions too, because they have a better understanding of what's going on in the world. Honestly, like some more also, you know, just vibrant kids that just understand things a little bit better for what they are now. That have a voice. I, I, feel like, 
I, Danielle. I totally agree with that. Yes. Danielle, um, here's here's one of my uh, neighbors, right? How many mm-hmm. candidates we, – we have one president running for re-election, which you're not going to have much candidates on that party. But, you know, you have the other the other party. How many candidates were actually of young age that never got the support of the party committee? So we're going to put a 70-something-year-old guy as the only nomination you can have when you had – what? You had what? Five or six other candidates, right? There was with younger, right, yes. right? With relatives, uh, man. With you know, right? It's like I'm, I was, I'm blown away at the fact that are we that dumb? I like, we just literally <laughs> just accept the fact that this is the only person we're gonna put on the pedestal. Here's Grandpa, and you guys have to vote for Grandpa. Right. I'm like what? Right. No. Right. And no, we need to vote for Danielle, who's thirty, thirty nine and vibrant, and she's. She understands what we're dealing with, and she she knows social media. She understands the technology. You know what I mean? It's like it's like we're like so outdated. It's almost like it's almost like one of these back to the future type attitudes where we're like so <laughs> complacent with the fact that we're we're just gonna go right. ahead and vote and just vote for because we have to vote. It's like no, it, it, I think term but, limits are but overdue. But it makes you wonder like I, does they're, our they're vote overdue. even count? <laughs> there were right, exactly, but term limits are overdue. I really think if we had term limits. These politicians would be scared because then they know they only have four right. years to make some money, and then they'll be ousted. But they don't care because they, right. they got the good old boys club, the funding, the corpse, the pharma. Oh my god! If I have to go on and on, but it's anyways. It's yeah, it, it just pisses <laughs> no, me off. Agreed, and you know it, it's just so tough because if you think about it, it's like if anyone even actually wanted to get on a political route, you know these aren't things that me personally. Um, you know, since things have been moving, it's like, I want to be involved. I want to make sure that I'm not sitting back and being complacent and being like, okay, cool, we're banning the chokehold in certain areas, which I think eventually is going to be all over America because it makes absolutely right. no sense to do a chokehold. Like, WWFE, what's going on here? You know, but. Um, well, New York actually banned that. They, they're considering that a felony now. So, yes. any mm-hmm. officers or anybody that put anybody in a chokehold is they're going to be charged. <laughs> so. Which is yeah, wonderful. I, I, I think we got, the American I, I really think, right. Exactly. I, I really think that the, a lot of changes have to be made, but you know, we're not, nothing's going to change unless, you know, these figureheads, because this is what we rely on. And it's just unfortunate, you know, it's like, does it take 400 right. people to go to a city mayor's, a city mayor's meeting to demand that gang violence it, you know, did not happen in a certain district. That was just stupid. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You live in this, or are you just are you right. on the north side of the, you live on the north side and you just forgot that the east side's on fire? <laughs> what? It was like, right. so I, I have someone telling me basically like, you know, you can write in a candidate. You don't have to choose Trump or Biden. The only problem I see with that is that what candidate will we write? And we all have to write the same candidate because if I'm writing, you know, Sherry Awaga in mine and Sherry's writing Danielle Harvey, then neither one of us is going to win anyway. You know, so the next step, in my opinion, is how do we get someone that's going to be big enough to have that person written in so we can take steps to exclude the, the good old boys club because I'm not for uh, Trump. Damn sure not for Trump. And I'm not for Biden either. Sure. I would have preferred Bernie Sanders beat Biden out, which would have gotten my vote versus uh, Biden. You, but Danielle, with all the hype, yeah. with all the movement, with all the, you know, the, the, what would you call it? The wave, right? 
Mm-hmm. And in the end, we get the old part, which is prominent in D.C., like the same political status quo, right? No change. That's why I'm saying it's like, how can you sit there and go, this guy didn't wasn't worthy of the nomination? I'm like, I totally understand some people didn't want, you know, his, some of his ideas and some of his whatever, right? But at the end of the day, you know, do we have a libertarian that we can put in there? No, because it's a two-party system. It's like one or the other, and it's like you're literally right to one or the other. Why we're we're divided completely from our laws, from you know, voting. We're divided, and and exactly. I think that's just a culture that is instilled in America, and that's why it's so hard for people to really fan them. Like when I talk to people, and they're just like, when they do get my experience and they know me personally, they can you know personalize mm-hmm. it and be like wow, I really didn't know that was going on. And that shocked me. I am so shocked to see that. Like, are you kidding me? You had no idea racism was going on? Like, I, I that, like, it baffles me. But the division is the biggest problem completely. And that's why when we seen that in New Jersey, the cops were actually walking, the community leaders side by mm-hmm. side, protesting everyone together because they felt the exact same we all felt when we all watched George Floyd get lynched, you know, they actually are making a change. I would respect a officer so much more in this neighborhood as instead of him eyeing me while I'm walking by him or I'm running because I run in my neighborhood versus him coming up and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, I would much prefer a conversation. So this way I'm not scared because you're looking at me and you're thinking you're scared. Well, I'm the one scared because I know that legally you could damn there murder me. And it's been proven time over time and time again and get away with it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not ready to That's lose my I mean. life. The, the system, in, I mean, the system at every every checkbox, is, there's an issue there. At the top, the judges, the DAs. I mean, the DA alone in Minneapolis, I thought it was absurd. How do you not, you know, just put them on suspension? should have been automatic. Put right. on suspension. You, you fire them, okay? This is the, the, the worst thing about it. You fire the cops, right? And guess what you do? You, then, then George Floyd's family cannot hold the city or the you know, the city accountable for that. So now you have, to, you have to sue the individual cops. That's a political stupidity, but they did it because they, they have to force, oh, I'm sorry, we fired them already, so you can't really, you know, do anything to us right. at this that's, point because you're going to bring in lawyers case, who will justify, which is stupid. That shit, that's not, that, that shouldn't be the case if that is legally how it works because you are still an employee. I employed you here, so that means I'm responsible no, for the totally. actions you take because I'm supposed to have totally. trained you. Totally, but what that I'm saying to you is they'll, they'll, they'll figure out a loophole somehow to where it's that's just what, how they do it. They do so it. There's so many heard, laws in place. They'll figure out a loophole. I mean, it's just, it's, it just it boils my blood sometimes when you have people get off within the system within the built-in system, and then they justify it with some sort of, you know, you know, law issue or whatever. It's just, it's just bad. Anyways, um, I really wanted to bring you guys on because I really, you know, you guys have been so vocal on, on everywhere. And I know, you know, Danielle, I've like, you know, I have so much respect for you, not just as a player, but also as a, you know, as a woman and, and an athlete and everything else. Sherry, I mean, uh, kick-ass football player as well. And I haven't gotten to know you, you as often as I have Danielle, but, you know, an amazing woman you are as well. So I really wanted to bring Thank you guys you. on here because you guys are, you know, we're really expressing a lot of things 
that a lot of us have thought about, you know, and not just because we're a different color skin, but, you know, we all can relate to certain things. You guys can relate to a lot more harsher things than the rest of us, but, you know, listening to you and listening to Sherry and then uh, I have friends, you know, I have friends in the military and I tell people all the time, you know, when I served, I don't see color. You know, I never saw color. I never thought of color. You know what I mean? You know why? Because his life and my life are on the same on the same on the chopping block if it becomes an issue of the chopping block. It's the same situation. Yeah. So I don't understand how right. people you know, I just don't see it, you know, and it just boils me where the fact that, you know, people have to make those type of stereotypes of those you know, there's just the bias of it. It doesn't happen. I mean I I served in the military and I can tell you right now, every soldier or everybody that's on you know, that's thrown on a uniform doesn't see color doesn't see anything it's just it's 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 your brother next to you you know it's your sister it's it's one team it's we have to do and and look out for ourselves i think that's the mindset with danielle to your uh, to your point about citizenship policing that could be a start you know i mean because that really what it boils down to you're caring about your community you're caring about your neighbor you're caring about the kids in your neighborhood you start to care Mm -hmm. about you know the elderly in your neighborhood like you said more focus in other words, genuine focus right. versus, you know, somebody that doesn't, has never grown up in that neighborhood or never had any type of, I don't know, interaction from, you know, from young kids growing up to middle to whatever and didn't feel the sense of, you know, pride in that community, in other words. Another idea right. I even thought of is the fact that the police, they have to police specific communities. They have to patrol. Why not add them not only fun education, but fun a program to where these cops can run it. They can be the after-school uh, individuals that are there. Because if you're not worried about these kids running down the street going to, you know, maybe uh, uh, grab an apple from the bodega and take it without paying for it, they're at your after-school program getting that snack and playing in these sports or, or playing chess or, or whatever they choose, you know, sign whatever their actual, um, you know, thing is they can be involved in that and have great supervision because you know these officers are going to make sure that they get home safely because they want to make sure this whole community stays safe. Yeah. Sherry? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. I'm, I'm for, you know, um, putting effort in, <laughs> in the community um, because I think that's where it starts ultimately, and then it trickles down into everything else. So um, I feel like um, the first step is just bringing the number of power down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they have to take a step down, in my opinion, and see themselves as us. Because it's not that you have power or control. You, you are not the law, but that's how they see themselves. Right. And, and I think that's one of the major problems. Oh, it's a major problem. I mean, it's probably be more more major in other areas, like I said. Um, but I mean, if we do it in Los Angeles, if we do it in uh, you know Dallas, Houston, if you do it in a metro area, you know, you had Camden, like you said, in New Jersey. If you can implement it somehow with with some sort of the problem is, it, will it be political backing, or are we going to have this you know back and forth shuffling where nothing gets done? They talk about it for eight months and nothing happens. I mean, things like this should ultimately happen within the 30-day period. It's not that hard to implement. Just do your, what you got to do. The problem is, in politics, there's no action. No action. It's a stall. He said, he and said, I think that's and it, it never happens. 
I think that that's is a, that's completely wrong. That's a hard part to swallow though. nowadays. It's wrong. They, they, they try and say, oh, it takes this, it takes that to implement new laws and whatnot. But when coronavirus broke out, I promise you the very next day we needed to wear masks to go into every single establishment. So if you can How ironic uh, you know, is that, put huh? in something – Right. So so you're you're so worried about all these lives being killed. That's what we're talking about. This is the exact same thing. We're worried about our lives being, you know, stomped out. You're trying to eradicate our whole race and we're saying change the policies. Oh, it's gonna take some time and we're gonna have to do this and you know No, you're dragging your ass and you just do not want us to prosper. You don't want to lose exactly. power. It's scary for them. It is, it's, and then oh. it's 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 it literally gets so political that it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous is the word. I can't even use any other word where it's just a ridiculous, you know, no, no, in, in action. You know, when I was in the military, inaction gets you killed. And this is what they do. They don't do anything. And we continue, the things continue to happen, continue to happen, continue to happen. So, um, uh, Sherry and, uh, Danielle, when you guys kneeled back, when you guys were playing for the LFL, I know, Danielle's gone into detail many of times. Sherry, when you kneel there, um, I know, you know, you guys were together at, at some point. I know Danielle's talked about how she was hesitant to do it at some point. So, Sherry, give me your perspective. Is Was it just because a cap kneeled, or what, what was your reasoning behind, behind that? Because you guys were literally going to be spotlighted, right, in, in, this, in this league. Right. At the time, the and owner said, you're going to stand for the anthem or whatever, right? At the time, that's what – Probably with a right. direction for Mitchell. Right. Um, with everything that was going on during that time with the police brutality, just the injustices, the racial discrimination and everything, I've already had my personal takes on it. So um, when Danielle uh, brought it to my attention that something that she wanted to do, I was, I was definitely for it, no hesitation, um, because I feel like if that's all it's going to take for a conversation to start, then do it. Let's do it. We might get tons of backlash, but I know me having her and her having me together, like that get that was enough strength that we needed. We even talked to some of our teammates and they were like, Oh, uh, like they're a little hesitant. They're like, no, scared. we gotta stand for, no, we, gotta, we gotta stand we gotta we gotta we gotta stand for something or fall for anything. That's how I view it. I'm tired of seeing my you know, I cried I'm seeing like people of color just dying and I don't know them but I'm crying. I feel their pain like I don't like feeling like that every day, just seeing this on Instagram or Facebook or any types of social media. It hurts. That hurts. It do. Um, so just having her and, you know, you know, going through that whole thing and even people yelling and screaming at us and then going on Facebook, people calling us monkeys and all types of B words and all types. I was like, you know what, this is really showing people's true colors. Like, this is really showing how people really feel about us. It wasn't about the flag. It was about the injustices in this system, this messed up, oppressed system that we have to live through every day. So I had no problem dealing with her. Um, I don't regret doing it. I'll do it again <laughs> and again and again if I have to, if that's all it's going to take to keep the conversation going because I don't want the conversation to stop. It needs to keep going on all platforms, whether you're a multimillionaire to, you know, at the at the bottom of the the bin, it needs to keep ha- it needs to be talked about consistently until there's some real change. So, um, Dan- I was alright. It it, it kind of hurt, but like- I was okay. Danielle, did you feel like at the time you already knew that you weren't going to get supported at that point, right? You you pretty much was bracing yourself for that 
like you were talked about yeah. before, right? For sure. I definitely knew that um, I wasn't going to have support. And um, it, it started within the locker room. You know, I, I asked several other players if they would, um, you know, basically kneel or, you know, what their thoughts were. But uh, too many of them, um, you know, didn't want the backlash. And basically the culture of the LFL has – it's toxic. It's extremely toxic. There were so many times that um, there were things that I personally didn't agree with and didn't want to do that I ultimately ended up doing just because the rest of my team wanted to do. And so um, to answer the question originally, yes, I I, I knew that we were going to get all this backlash from people I know. I just did not know it would be from the whole LFL fan base and didn't know that we wouldn't be protected, at least by the league. Like, I thought they would at least stop the comments. I'm not – I never thought that Mitch would actually stand up and say, hey, don't talk to my athlete like this. But I definitely thought that he would at least turn off the comments like he's done for me. Well, he blocked me, but, you know. Well, I can tell you I, I don't have much respect for him anyways in some instances. I've never met the guy, but from afar – I know I've been blacklisted and put on posters and billboards and in the office and whatever. So not much respect for him there. But all I can say is, you know, I've always been a player's first type of attitude. I know the player has a choice to play in the league what they want. But the ownership has failed. You know, the ownership has failed every player. Uh, there's so many talented players yeah. that have come through his league uh, that he could have, you know, this could have been uh, UFC. This league could have been oh, already right. UFC mentality, yeah. MMA. You know, players could have been, been paid. I just, we would I, I felt bad. You know what? Someone else in charge. Danielle, it's like, I'm sorry. You saw Mary Rose Roach. Okay, if you go back to 2009 the, to 2012, the, the Mary Rose Roach, probably the most electric player in LFL history. The most electric right. player in LFL history. Okay, mm-hmm. no billboard. No promos, no, no t-shirts, no right? Then you move on to, I, you know, Crystal Harris, probably the most amazing, talented athlete, okay, and, and a, in a long, player. long time. I'm talking about athletic. I'm talking about, you know, finesse and misses mm-hmm. the boat. But we got to push blondes, okay, and not, no disrespect to the blondes because they're talented as well. But his narrative was never to spotlight – you know, talented African-American ballers, and there was too many. And you could just, you can't turn around. If you had, like, one or two, I'm cool with that. But there was too many, too many to not put front and center and make, make, you know, promotional about it. I just, it's it's just, you know, he's either dumb. I don't want to call him stupid because I I think it's too extreme. But I think he's either dumb in marketing because that's just wrong. It's yeah. like how many players, how many players <laughs> on the Temptation and the Chicago Bliss? How many players on the Powerful. Temptation and Chicago Bliss did you did you not have that were so awesome? There was too many players. Right. They, they, right. Chantel Taylor, uh, Dominic Collins, you know all these players. Outside, just, even though yeah. obviously I played and I'm biased. But at the same time, like, really trying to step aside and look at this, I'm looking at these billboards thinking to myself, you know, before I started playing, 
there's no way I would have gone to one of these games. Like, I don't want to see little her little ass shoulders running into her right. little ass shoulders and all that makeup on and all. You know what I mean? Like, you have real genuine beasts out there playing. And if you've actually been to a game or watched one on, um, you know, YouTube, the same girls that he's popping on his billboard are not the same girls that he was playing the game. You're not going to see That's what I'm saying. It's like false advertising. False advertising. Total false advertising. It's like false advertising in general. Those girls would totally get crushed if they actually got on the field. And in practice, they do get crushed. So, you know, that's why they don't play in the game. Danielle, I I speak to a lot of people internally, you know, Justin Shongrock before that, Jim Wallen, everybody that was internally – before that, and there were a bunch of internal people in there, right? And my mm-hmm. point to him was, you can't tell me that you couldn't figure out a way to make some sort of player arrangement, right? You guys are selling tickets, right? There's a percent of tickets oh. you could have earned. There's no merchandise. Yep. How many Daniel Harvey T-shirts in Ontario will you have sold even on a 60%, 40%? You would have just blown away. You would have made plenty of money with one player as, as just a focus. The- what See, an idiot. Is Facebook, social media. He believes, like, he's driving these women on social media. So when you come to a game, like, in the IE, I can say that I love the support I got. These are fans and people that I didn't have. A, they're going to the stadium to buy their own tickets. They got their D. Harvey signs. They want autographs after the game. They are genuine fans because they put the, they like the sport, but at the same time, they're not on social media. So they don't know how this league has done, you know, myself and other black athletes. So it's yeah. all love that day at the game. And I'm putting on the show, hi, Grave, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. You know, I appreciate it. But while they walk through on merchandise, the same thing they ask me the whole every year. D, I wanted a cut out of you. They don't got one. D, I wanted this for you. They ain't got one. They never had merchandise. That's what I'm saying. It's like it. you're a long tenured veteran. Don't you think his mindset would have been, hey, she's been here for eight years. We got to put her as a promotional figure piece for this team, right? It's a draw. It's, Not a, him. it's a normal he can't game. But the thing is, every game that Danielle played in, who whose name do you hear? Danielle Harvey with the tackle. Danielle Harvey with the pig. Danielle like. No, I understand. Okay, without not hearing her name. Oh. Like, that's the thing too. Like, <laughs> I I know what Daniel oh, Harvey man. is. Daniel Harvey's a cracker. She 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 knows her butt heads. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> you don't want to mess I, with Daniel Harvey. That's all I'm saying. And the same thing with Sherry. That's that's the wonderful thing about playing with someone that you actually are in tune with. Me and Sherry go hard in the gym all week long. This is stuff that's not being paid for. And yeah, we post in our social media, but it's not being advertised on his hundred thousand followers on Facebook. So these people don't know that we out here busting our ass. This ain't fake. Anybody right. out here putting on makeup and lashes just to look cute? No, yeah, of course. I'm standing next to a bunch of girls all dolled up. Hold on, let me get some lashes. I'm not trying to look stupid and ugly, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm about to go out here and crush them heads. Y'all is going to look good right. after the game. I already know what I'm going to look like after the game, and I'm not even worried about it. I, I played right. with so many beasts, and I can tell you right now, Sherry Awaga has been one since the beginning, a solid player. Oh, yeah. No, 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 there's no question. No question. No question. Sherry, Sherry is scary. That's a proper name. <laughs> Don't mess with her. Sherry, Sherry. Yeah. What's she going with anymore, right? What's she going with? Proper name for her. No. Uh, uh, Sherry, Amazon. 
Jerry, you were just you were just uh, you know overpowering, and that's that's what fans wanted to see. Unfortunately, he just he just missed yeah. the boat on that. I mean, just, like there's so much stuff yeah. that could have been done differently. You know, um, Danielle, on the I mean, backlash and everything else, um, do you have like fans that obviously were on your side as well? There was just, just like fans also, not was it or or was it just the opposite, complete negative at that point? When I took the knee. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about when you took the knee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I, I had massive supportive messages come in. And, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Um, some people were too scared to go uh, public. You know, I didn't have many people support me publicly, but I did have a few sure. teammates. And, of course, my family supported me publicly. But I have many screenshotted messages of people who are too scared to speak out. And, you know, and this now is definitely not the time to be quiet anymore. But I, I'm hoping that I've grown a voice. So, yeah, I yeah, did have I supporters, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, when you did it and Sherry did it, um, I think everybody, you know, to, as we know now, right, everybody missed the boat, you know, because he yeah. Cap was only telling you, hey, wake up. We got we got to fix yeah. something, right? Wake up. We got to fix got something. backlash. And, right. And so, you know, at this point, uh, I mean, nobody really understood. I mean, I said it before. It's like I don't have a problem with him kneeling. I mean, I really don't. I don't – it's it's a right to kneel. You can write – you can kneel anytime you want. Exactly. You kneel in front of God. I you can kneel in front it. of the stadium. I don't, I don't have a I problem with that. I don't. I'm a, you know, I, I respect the flag, but that, that's like my choice. You know, whether I want to kneel or not, it's, it's, it's a choice. But you can do both. If you want, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's freedom of speech. It's freedom yeah. of the, the speech. Issue, Why weren't we given that issue, freedom? So right, the issue of what we had at hand was never addressed. It was kind of a corporate yeah. blind eye, right, at the time, and right. that's where we're at now. Now we're now we're in uproar. Now we're really, you know, diving into it by saying, to your point, Danielle. Okay, we have a virus, and that's it. We have no sports to distract us. Why don't we focus on a serious issue, right? Let's figure this out. You, the virus is serious. And why can't we focus on this as, as the same, right? That's what your point is. Right, exactly. Um, right now, it's definitely the time to take steps and make moves. I encourage people to continue to march, continue to resist, continue to uplift your voice. Talk to every and anyone who will listen. I work for a white corporation, and I am extremely proud to be working for the company I am right now. They're opening up forums for us to have conversations, to get people to understand. I've had several meetings on Skype, and uh, excuse me, we're using Teams now with my job, that they are very open and willing to listening and learning. One of my battle buddies actually just popped on my live. What's up? Um, I was saying before, I actually was in the military. I was in the Army, and it's not for everybody. I can admit I'm not the type that can be controlled so easily. You know, I got a mouth on me, and I've got a mind on me that to make its own decision, basically. But, um, I, oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> no, you were, saying, you were saying how, you know, it's just it's, it's something that we need to address anyways. Besides that, you know, because it's really what it it boils down to. We have to address it. Um, I I just think in reality we have a lot of good solutions. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of whether these politicians are ready to do solution. You know, the city mayors, the the city council people, uh, the district representatives in each district, right? Because it's got to be a partnership. You got to have those three people 
And I'm just talking about a small city, right? I'm just talking about a city, a scope, and a scope of a city, right? Each city's got to have their own, you know, uh, basically meeting or gathering. But between yeah. that, everybody has to be on the same page. So, you know, you, you gave the example of New Jersey, right? If you take a blueprint of New Jersey, you know, take the handbook, as they say, and put it together, and you're going to have to obviously alter it in some format because of budget or funding or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? But that doesn't take away from the, from the end result, like your point, Danielle, that the end result will probably be a better, you know, better, uh, better community being watched at the same time, uh, a friendlier community. Uh, people get to know each other. They understand each other, right? Less, less crime because of the similarities of everything else. So, so we, you know, we bring a lot of solutions to the table, but it's just a matter of whether these, you know, political people really want to solve things. And, and in my lifetime of 50 years, I've never known a politician, you know, even check off something that they promised to do in any type of cycle. I might be wrong, but I've never seen it to where at the end they're like, I fixed this, I fixed that. I've, all these five things that I gave you before you voted for me, I fixed them. I've never seen that happen. So, I, you know, like I said, I could be wrong, but I've never seen it happen. I think that you're completely correct. It's time for us to make sure you can't just tell me you're going to go and do it. Nope, I'm going to stay right here on your doorstep until it's done. Let's go. That, that's what we need to do right now. We need to demand that these things get changed and not get put into, oh, it's a process and a system, and, you know, we can't do this, I can't do that. No, 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 we're not having none of that. It changes, and we not stop until it changes. I think pressure has to be on there, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Sherry, last one here. What you got, Sherry? Um, well, <clears throat> I well, just to touch bases on the whole NFL thing, 70% of the NFL is African-American. So, <laughs> with that being Shocking, said, isn't it? Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I just feel like if majority of those athletes took a stand, that right there within itself would have changed things. They let Colin Kaepernick stand alone. They blackballed him, made an example out of him, which I don't agree with. But, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, like I said earlier, the people in power in these political offices, they need to take a step down or start coming into the community and seeing what's really going on for there really to be some real change. So, Danielle, Sherry, um, do you feel like, if we we got 32 franchises, uh, this is this was given to one of my best friends, and he said to me, "We have 32 franchises, right? And we got what you just said it. Locker room is probably with 70% African American, right? In every locker room. Yep. Right? Yep. Right. So one yep. <laughs> African American player or two. What is it? Was it three? I think it was Reed and Cap, and there's probably like three players, right? That kneeled at the time. And uh, okay. Yeah, and the rest, the rest of them, the rest of them didn't do anything. Nothing, right? Let's say brother uh, Alex Collins. Right. right. So what I'm saying now is, if they the want to do something, right? If you want to do something now, it would be okay. You got 32 cities that you can make a difference. So that means, no matter what party you stand with, you need to go to the city hall, and you need to say, like Danielle right. said, you need to change this and make this happen because what? They have money, so they can't say right. they don't have the means. They have the means <laughs> to go in there and say, you need to change this and make it happen in my community. 
wherever they're from. You know, some players are from certain areas. Right. And a lot of players are going to be what? More than one player from one area, right? So there should be more bully, more right. uh, muscle, in other words, to make things happen. So I agree with you, Sherry. I think they, they need to do – they need to set the example – or they need to start the fire, right? The amber. They, they have like the, the platform, amber. right? They have the platform. All these athletes, the actors, power, the money. If, if half if half of them don't come to work anymore, we won't have basketball games, football games, movies, none of this anymore. So they need to no, put all that stuff aside Sherry, and just Sherry put all that right energy there. in there. Boom. Thank you. Sherry yeah. Mike up. No. Sherry, that's right on point. Who are you going to watch? It is. They can't, this ain't no movie. They can't just throw no summer replacements in there. Ain't nobody going to watch that. You're going to yep. lose millions of dollars. Yes. We're right going to be in COVID for another 12 months. <laughs> right. Oh, but it won't be COVID Right. Anymore. What else are you going to be doing? You have you got time. Yeah. So now put all that energy into bringing us more justice. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, time. I'm just, saying, time. I'm just saying, like, the NFL – the NFL, you guys know and I know, right? The NFL has been a little bit reserved. The NBA a little bit more vocal. The NHL is reserved, right? right? There's just like certain NBA, leagues that are reserved. Other leagues are more they vocal. They ain't said nothing. WNBA has been Some vocal. leagues haven't said anything. So let me bring and in they, the Kansas those are the main ones. I'm sorry. Yeah, those are the main ones. Let's bring in the uh, salty one here to the conversation before I let you guys go. But um, so, Sherry, yeah, to your point. I mean, they, they have the means. They, there's just no excuse for it. They have the means to to impact. Agree. Right. Agree. They got the power, the social influence, you know, the money. Like, what more do you need? Why aren't you out here fighting for it? Isn't that part of the reason you fought so hard as an athlete so you could change the, your life and the way you see your family's life around you? Like, if you don't see another black individual, you know, as your brother or sister, I think that's part of the problem to begin with. We're the minority yep. in here anyway. So, you know, right. I, somebody, you know, to somebody I like told it. me, Danielle, somebody told me in the past, they jumped the fence on the other side and never looked back. It's pretty bad. Sheesh. Yeah, that's, that's terrible, though. That's, that's not taking responsibility, in my opinion. That You know, the black yep. men in the community, you're supposed to be a pillar. You're supposed to protect us. You're, you are our yep. protectors, and that's why I'm going so hard for us because I already know that our, our men are being shot down in the streets, and it's nothing they can mm-hmm. do about it because they will, they'll go to jail. So either we're going to lose them to murder or, you know, if they do actually arrest them, they're going to jail. So I have to make sure my voice is heard so they know that I got their back like they got my back. Right. All right, Mackenzie, jump in here. Uh, we're all We're all talking. Everything from what we were talking about before, brutality, we talked about solutions, we've talked about politics, party loyalty, everything. Uh, Jump in, salty one. Well, first of all, sorry, guys, that I'm late. I had to finish some school work, but uh, ladies, first of all, I appreciate you guys for coming on the podcast today and, you know, um, enlightening us and giving us your points of view on things. Um, So we appreciate you guys making the time to come on the podcast today. Well, we appreciate you inviting us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. No problem. Anytime you guys want to have so, another discussion, let me know. Right. <laughs> I'm with it. Okay, so um, I, caught, I caught some of the, the beginning of um, the roundtable discussion with everything that's been going on in the world. And, you know, kind of just to piggyback off of both your guys' points, like, um, 
people nowadays seem to think that because you're an athlete, whether you make a million, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, or whether you're, you know, like the three of us who are on the, you know, the semi-pro circuit just hoping to get, you know, a big sponsorship or, um, you know, a big kind of endorsement just to help with those smaller things of the aspect of, you know, being a semi-pro athlete. People seem to be mistaken in the fact that because we have, we have a, a certain kind of platform or because we can't get some kind of um, monetary value means that we don't have a voice or shouldn't have a voice, which is actually the most asinine and backwards thing that somebody can say. Just because we as athletes platform or we as athletes, you know, have some kind of, um, you know, more, more, of a, uh, more of an opportunity, I guess, to have our, you know, have our voice returned doesn't mean that we should just, like, shut up and dribble or, you know, shut up and run around or, you know, whatever sport that have you. Like, my, my biggest issue is just that alone. Like, why should we be, we as athletes be centered to, um, you know, centered because of, you know, who we are and what we do, um, you know, outside of, um, I guess, um, a regular person or an average person's, you know, schedule or time what have you, um, more or less, like I'm speaking more or less about um, Laura Ingram and her uh, her comments about, or I guess her point of view about what Drew Brees said versus what she said to LeBron James in the past. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys remember when she did an interview um, or made some commentary about LeBron James and his um, I can't, you know, when the NBA players were wearing the I can't breathe shirts and basically told him. Uh, you know, to, to shut up and dribble, but Drew Brees is allowed to turn around and have the same exact opinion, like have an opinion himself about things of, you know, this major this major magnitude, but she doesn't tell him, you know, to shut up and say, you know, for a pass. Um, you know, but that, like I said, the, the, there's a double standard, and as much as we don't, you know, myself, like, you know, I can only speak for myself, but as much as myself personally tries to keep race out of it because not everything is racially related. Things of that nature you you can't help but just look at like, okay, so did she make those comments because LeBron James is black or African American or and did she say those things and agree with uh Drew Brees because he's white or was it the fact that, you know, they may have the same political views, which still is a double standard, like how are you gonna you know, how are you gonna sit there and tell somebody to shut up and dribble for having an opinion just like somebody else did? Somebody want to tackle it? Sorry. Gary, Daniel? Um, well, I, me being, yeah, me being an athlete, even it may not be on the highest platform of whatever, um, I feel like it's still our responsibility because people are looking at us, like, constantly. So yeah. being in an NFL, whether you're black or white, whatever your racial creed is, like, it's your responsibility to have that conversation and put that information out there. Like, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We bleed the same, we breathe the same stinky mm-hmm. COVID air, and we're going to die. <laughs> like, it's a it's a human decency thing at the end of the day. Like, everybody's so worried about the dollar or the bill. Like, you have to, like, trickle back a little bit. We're humans. And these are lives being lost every day. Police aren't concerned if that person they killed got a daughter or a mom or a wife or a family to go back to. Is he thinking about what he does to this person? You know, and then how how is it going to affect their family? It's devastating. So it as an athlete, yes, it's our responsibility to speak up, to use our voice, to speak for people that don't have voices. So I, that's my stance on it. 
It's not just the African American community. It's everybody, all the athletes. At the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely agree with what Sherry just said. If if you um you know you have uh, any type of uh, um, public interaction, you definitely are responsible for letting people know, you know, publicly that this is not okay, that we need to take steps. You know, you can't just sit down and be silent, you know, um, as far as, like, Drew Brees and what's going on, you know, with him and his apologies. In my opinion, he needs to just take a step back and be quiet now. He definitely needs to apologize to Kaepernick privately. You know, I, I think that yeah. him going those steps which will show genuineness, you know, versus a PR stunt. And if Kaepernick chooses to help save his career and he feels that it was a genuine uh, apology, then Kaepernick can make that a public uh, apology from Drew Brees. And that might help Drew Brees. But as far as right now, Drew Brees better find him some linemen that think like him because that man is not going to be safe if he thinks he's going to be able to throw that ball. (laughs) I I don't even know why. (laughs) Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When you um, when you talk, can you, it sounds a little muffled. I just I couldn't hear everything you were saying. I know you mentioned LeBron James, but I kind of missed that one, that part. No, um, hopefully that's a little bit better. Uh, Thank you. Kind of, I kind of agree with that. With everybody's overall point, just you know, we we can't. You know, it the race itself isn't so much the thing. It's you know, we can't we can't grow things unless people are given the opportunity. So with race aside, we have to be able to see that, you know, we're all out here for the greater good and trying to make the community and country itself better as a whole. And if we have you know, if we have to break that down by those demographics, whether it be race, gender, athletics, you know, et cetera, et cetera, I think, you know, that's where it starts is with those those smaller um the smaller um Communities, or um, I guess, uh, yeah, communities, I guess, is more or less what I'm trying to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still a little. Can you guys hear her or no? Or is it no, too muffled? Really. Yeah, it's a little muffled. Too muffled? Okay. So, Mac, I guess I guess you're coming across a kind of like in the background and it's not too clear. Is that better? I'm sorry, say it again? No. I'm not sure what's going on. You oh, that sounds better. Okay. Yeah, it sounds yeah. better. Yeah. Great. Okay, good. All right. Can you, can you make your point again? Because uh, Danielle was asking about uh, you mentioned LeBron. Um, and then she missed out on that point that you were making. Yeah, no, I was just saying, um, if you guys recall a couple of years ago, I think uh, it was uh, 2016 um, when LeBron James and a bunch of um, um, you know other NBA players were wearing the uh, the I Can't Breathe shirts during their warm-ups and, you know, kind of did like a, a blackout um, of their protest of their own. And Laura Ingram had made comments such as, you know, uh, shut up and dribble, but she's okay and supports Drew Brees having his own opinion about things of this magnitude. So why the, you know, why the double standard is still a thing, I'm not sure. Um, and she's out, she's also gotten a lot of rhetoric for it. 
I know why. Go ahead. Skin complexion. Drew Brees is the right skin complexion for her, and that is why he is allowed to have an opinion in her head. Obviously, she doesn't think very much of black athletes, or that wouldn't have been her comment. Right. So true. So true. Yep. I mean, I yeah, think, so I think, I think go ahead, Mac. go ahead, Mac. No, I was just saying, I think overall, um, kind of like you, like, you know, like you ladies were saying, you know, us as athletes, no matter what kind of platform, whether big or small, you know, it, it is our job to, to get that, you know, to get our voices out there and to, to be heard. Like, you know, um, and just like, you know, you guys are saying at the end of the day, Law enforcement could care less about what you know if a, you know if there's a family or a daughter you know being left behind in an instance like that. Um, I mean, and it's quite unfortunate, but you know, and then you know things of that nature also turn around and be like, oh, you know, when um, you know somebody loses a life, whether it's a military person, uh, you know, veteran or a person of law enforcement, things of that nature, um, it's almost expected that we drop you know, drop everything that we're doing to show gratitude. But when something of this, you know, happens to a civilian life, you know, being taken, family member, et cetera, it's almost like nobody cares. And that's the crazy thing. I've seen posts on, you know, social media saying that they feel as though this whole movement, yes, this is, we literally watched George Floyd get lynched. Like, I've never thought I would see a murder on TV, like a real one that wasn't, you know, one of the cop shows I'm watching, you know? So my thing Mm -hmm. is, we experience this as a nation. You know, this, this is why this is such, this is why we're mourning so much for him, because this is something that ultimately hit us all. And, and, And if it didn't hit you, then you are a part of the problem. You are definitely a part of the problem if you don't feel like this is a problem that you should speak up about. Yeah, agreed. I think I think my my favorite argument so far that I've seen on social media has been either um, there's no such thing as racism, and um, I've also seen things of the nature of white people can't be racist, and I was just like, what? Like, like where are you like where are you coming up with this? Like racism is taught. It doesn't matter what you look like, it, it can be taught. It, it's a thing like that. Unfortunately, that ha, that's how that's how it has put itself out to be. Right. No, you definitely have to learn that. That's not something you, that's not something you wake up and you're born, you're born, with, born and right. like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be racist. I don't like you because your skin complexion is different. Like that, that just sounds ignorant. You know, if you really put it in the terms of how they try and make out people to not be very well educated, well, you have a whole um, race of people, basically, in my opinion, of that decided to, you know, basically not humanize us. And so as time goes on and they have to give little by little by little, it doesn't mean that they started to think of us as human, as one race, as we are actually living beings. No, they still think of us as animals. But guess what? We have to put a lid on how we feel about it because now these animals have some rights. And we don't want to be the one stuck out in the middle of the road and actually seeing, you know, our, our ugly colors being shown. Right. You know, and I saw I'm sorry. Um, one, of my, one of my friends has shared a very powerful 
segment from a young a young black girl in our community, and I cannot quite remember our name or what her name was, but she was basically in a nutshell stating that, um, you know, if I'm if we're playing Monopoly and for for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you you know, um, I don't allow you to. Um, have any money? I don't allow you to get any accolades, et cetera. And then for another 50 years, you know, I slowly start to let you let you catch up. And then each time that you get close, you have to give me your, you know, you have to give me what you've earned. Like that's what our history as a minority has been in terms of, you know, um, building the country, making the wealth, you know, things of that na- things of that nature. Um, and um, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I'll send it to the both of you, but. The, the points that you have been saying are exactly what she's been saying. So, and I was just like, when I listened, when I had watched it, I was just like, wow, this is completely true. <laughs> like there was, I had nothing to say, and there was just nothing that I could even try to add to that because she literally hit every point. <laughs> right. I honestly feel like today's generation and millennials need to start teaching their parents. <laughs> and bringing them up to speed of what's really going on in this world, because I seen a video of a um, of a Caucasian girl pretty much telling her that her parents that they're ignorant of how they're thinking about black people and oh, how they that. view black oh, people. Yes. So I think it's really important for our generation to teach the younger generation on you know what we've had to go through, what we're experiencing, and how to change that. So it's going to be generations after us to continue this on, like. This this fight's not gonna stop <laughs> at the end of the no, day, and we have to we, we have to keep constantly and constantly talking about it, coming up with solutions, resolutions for this to really change. You know, so I and really believe everyone. it's gonna be the, our generation and and those uh, after us to continue this fight. So, uh, you know, we need everyone. You know what I mean? Like the thing is. We are only 13% in America. There is absolutely no way if we don't have all our other uh, brothers and sisters from different cultures and races standing with us that we're ever going to win in the end because we are the minority, you know? And this is why everyone has to stand up. Everyone has to keep marching. Everyone has to keep resisting. You cannot give up at this point because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, they're going to be like, okay, you're satisfied with what you got so far. So let's keep pushing on like we were. No, no, that's not it. We want equality. We want to make sure that when that job comes out, my race isn't looked at. Right. First of all, the job comes out for everyone, but my race isn't one of the considerations that you think about. Hmm, I don't know. She might end up being an angry black woman. Well, I'm telling you right now, anybody who thought about hiring at this moment, I am an angry black woman, and I'm and it needs to stop. <laughs> no, she's not. No, she's not. She's really nice. Yes, no, I, I am. We know. We know. Yes, I am. I, I don't care. I hate to be the guy behind the desk. I do not. I do not have a negative stereotype about that. I'm angry because sure, I'm tired sure. of seeing my people killed. That's why I'm angry. Right, right. I have every right to be. Absolutely, yeah. and, and and you you know you stating that you're you know you're an angry black woman literally just brought me brought me to something else. I was listening to um, first take you know with on ESPN with uh, Stephen A. Max and uh, Molly Karam, and last week Molly was out you know Molly was out of the office, so um, another hostess was in, but they had they had Maria Taylor on, and Maria Taylor literally I mean again has you guys are hitting the exact same points that like 
you know, those people on the bigger platforms are stating, like she said, I lost my patience. Like my patience left, you know, left my body when I saw George Floyd leave his. Right. I, I said, okay. like, and I said, I don't oh. know how many, like, I don't know how long it took me to, like, I, yeah, like, I listened to that, that, that part, especially over and over, probably at least now, probably 15 times between the past two or three days, because those, those words suck. Like, you, like, I, I, she was fed, she was fed up before, and now she's just done and over it. You know, we just saw, we literally just saw the, somebody's life being taken at the, at the hands of, of long That's crazy. Like because uh, in, in whose lifetime? Because I'm, I mean, I'm 28, so I'm still I'm still kind of young. But like, never in my lifetime did I think that I would see something like that. Like, or for a better instance, I had um, I live in I live in Iowa. Uh, when so when the first couple of days of all the the protests and riots were going, I took myself down to the protests and riots, and I said this like this is crazy. Like, why is this happening? Like, there's no reason why this should be happening in in terms of, like, it it shouldn't, it shouldn't take, it shouldn't have taken somebody's death of a, of a different minority community for the country to start listening. This is exactly why Colin Kaepernick is dealing. This is exactly Exactly. why has done what, did what he did. Hmm? And just think, there is there are undocumented cases like this that people don't know about. The thing that these camera phones, the social media is bringing to light a lot of stuff that's been going on for years. Police, yeah. people have been killing, you know, minorities for years. So if you can only imagine the extent of that, yeah, it's like this, is, this isn't nothing new. Like people are just yeah. now realizing what's really going on. And I feel like people are starting to respond and to actually speak up like uh, Roger Goodell. You know, we were wrong. Right. We got it wrong. You have no choice but to say that at this point. Because like Sherry said, you know, 70% are black in the um, mm-hmm. NFL. If we decide to go make our own way, Roger Goodell, you are now not even relevant because – Who's going to play in your league? Who wants to play in that league if all uh, African-American brothers leave? I'll wait. Exactly. <laughs> you, who's going to walk? I'm, I'm well, still you know, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. It's facts. It's all facts. I'm not speaking because that's how I feel. It's facts. You know, I'm not going to No, but it's facts. You're right. Watch. You're right. So, I mean, ultimately, the dollar still controls everything, and that's yeah. the sad part. That's five yeah. And if it was shared, in my opinion, you know, the, we could live, you know, obviously more harmoniously. And then on top of that, it wouldn't be such a power struggle. Like, I don't got to fight my sister. I don't got to fight my brother to get what I need. I've got ample amount of what I need. I'm not a type of person that's materialistic. You give me a couple dollars, I'm probably going to use it to go eat something. I'm not coming back with right. no shoes or no bags. Tell me, girl, I'm a I'm frugal not you are. Person. I'm very, very yep. frugal. Super frugal, <laughs> yes. Yes, that is me all the way. That's part of the reason my company loves me. My manager be like, Danielle, you, you do realize you can spend more. Why? We don't need yes. you. It ain't even my money. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm saving where I can. Yeah. Right, you know, and, no, and both, uh, you know what? Go ahead, Max. No, I was just saying, you know, and Will, Will Smith said it best. Racism isn't getting worse. It's being filmed. 
There you go. Right there. Right there. Exactly. There's your mic drop right there. Boom. What was that? I said, there's your mic drop. Oh. <laughs> right. Perfect. Yeah, but um, yeah, all these apologies that people previously thought they spoke from the heart, like can't change and you feel a little different. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, I feel like there has to be some sort of action behind it. You know, don't just come in with your hand in your hat, like, hey, I'm sorry. No, no, that's not that's not how things went down when you was all high and mighty. What you doing? What are you doing? This and that, like. Why did you feel like you even should have such a strong opinion on something that has nothing to do with you? It's going right. to have to take a lot of, it's going to take a lot of political, uh, what would you call it? Career ending moves. A lot of politi- a lot of politicians value their career more than they do any type of, you know, right doing as they say. So some of them are going to have to, you know, think twice about their career moves because a lot of times, like you said, Danielle, if you're going to start to think it's going to just go away and you start barking at the door, right, uh, they're going to start to wake up and start to realize that they're not going to have a career down the road right. in two years. And who's exactly. going to vote them out? Somebody's going to take care of them. All right. Uh, Danielle and Sherry, thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys making the time. Thank you for having us. It's very important. It's very important. And I, I, I had no other people that I wanted to go to, but – Obviously yourselves and uh, Danielle, I got a lot, like I said, a lot of respect for you. Um, just an I amazing athlete that. as well and woman. And so I just, I really appreciate your insights and, and bringing attention to it and, you know, doing your thing on IG. Uh, probably one of the most, uh, you know, best persons you can follow on there and also follow Sherry as well. But overall, you know, that's where we need to be at right now. We need to really. Uh, you know, hold people accountable. I think I've I've been posting my thing the whole time. Accountability, accountability, accountability. It doesn't matter. You know, there's no party allegiance if if a wrongdoing is is to continue. You know what I mean? There's no need to be a party allegiance if somebody's not doing their part to make it right or change. So we really have to start waking up about who makes the difference and who doesn't, and who to, who's going to really do the job. Um, so that's really where we stand. At. But ultimately, a tragedy in Minneapolis, something that we obviously cannot continue to you know let fester and then ultimately hopefully the police you know police uh policing like you said citizenship maybe that's an option that we can take and and let's hope the nfl players wake up and maybe use their platform in their 32 cities to really you know bring attention to this and force some muscle with the politicians to really make the changes so thanks for coming on you guys i really really appreciate it thank you continue thank you for having us keep resisting Yay. thank you thank you Thank you, ladies. All right, Danielle, sorry. Stay safe. Uh, All right. Enjoy your evening. Appreciate it. You too. Thank you. Take care. Okay, Mac, uh, still there? I hope you're still there. Yes, absolutely. So, Mac, there you go. Um, I, I just didn't, you know, I'm, I was thinking about this, like, for the last 10 days. You know, who can I bring on? Who can I put in here to really give us some insights and you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, these are the two players that kneeled in the LFL, and they got way, way a lot of backlash at the time when they kneeled. And um, who better to bring on than those folks, you know, those two individuals that obviously took the brunt of, you know, the fan base from their league and the owner from their league and, you know, to, to stand up for something. 
you know, and and when you, you know, when we had talked about this in our, you know, in our weekly chat, you know, for the next the next show, and you had mentioned that you were able to bring those both of those ladies on here, my ears perked up and my eyes lit up because I, I remember seeing how much backlash and hearing about how much backlash that they got for doing that, and I said, and I was just like. You know, this is like this is a real thing. Athletes and people on all kinds of levels are literally following suit to what Colin Kaepernick had. You know, essentially the the epidemic that started. So, for you know, for this to happen on a level that even I myself, as as a a women's player, a women's football player, can't relate to, was you know something that I was I was excited. To know that we have two we have two real life athletes right in front of us that have gone through the backlash that have you know gone through the negativity and are still still out here kicking ass still out here doing what they do and not not caring not giving up a second thought to the world you know they did what they did and they stand by by they they stand by what they did so and, and that's the things nowadays is is people are so quick to oh I want to do this for the camera but they're not willing to stick by it because they're too afraid of, oh, what this person thinks, what this tablet is going to say. How about just stick with what you – stick with your, you know, your original plan and go from there. Hey, Mac, uh, we got a couple minutes here, so we'll dive into the women's news here in a minute or two. But your thoughts on um, – I believe Adrian Peterson said, hey, uh, all the players are, are going to kneel for the 2020 season. So if that happens, um, you got to get Dale's going to be put on the hot seat, right? Maybe from some, you divide the fan base basically. Some fans are not going to agree with that, and other fans are going to be okay with it. And so he's got a he's got a big uh, situation that's going to brew if and when the NFL starts rolling. Well, so so he, see, here's the thing is, and I actually, um, as I said here before, you know, I've, I've been catching up on my you know my um, all my sporting engine uh, podcasts, radio shows, TV shows, you know, anywhere, any kind of. Um, engine that I can get, you know, this kind of content and, and information from. And they were talking on on first take, I believe it was Friday's episode, that, uh, you know, Roger Goodell had put out another statement saying that, basically stating that the NFL, the NFL itself has been insensitive to the country's matters at hand as far as um, allowing its players to protest, um, you know, whether it be for the anthem or just in general. And, Somebody had brought up the point of, you know, so you're going to put out a statement essentially allowing players to protest um, within the confines of, you know, the NFL, you know, things of that nature. And then I, I believe it was Dominique Foxworth who had stated, you know, now that the NFL is essentially you know, allowing this or being more open-minded to players wanting to protest, um Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. You know, like, and I, and somebody had asked, like, do you think the NFL now is will be obligated to, you know, give Colin Kaepernick an opportunity to get back in a league, just you know, strictly based on the game of football, based you know, based on how he's played. And I believe it was Matt Kellerman who stated that it would almost be defeating his purpose of what he did if he were to automatically, you know, jump back into trying to, you know, trying to get back onto a team. If, if a team, you know, if a team or a couple, you know, a couple owners want to actually take a look at him and get 
you know, you know, give him an actual chance at football and leave the politics aside, then, you know, then we can talk. But I think as for right now, as far as, you know, the NFL feeling guilty for, you know, now having all their, you know, a very large chunk of their African-American and minority community essentially, uh, you know, essentially stepping up and speaking out and saying like, hey, like, we're going to be protesting. And, 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 and in a way, it's kind of like we're going to be protesting and using our, our right, and you're not exactly going to tell us to stop. Here's the issue I have. We're going to do that, and we're going to have empty stadiums. So that's not like, you know what I mean? In the past, you would have probably a lot of, a lot of fans in the stands. If this COVID keeps going on, uh, they do their 2020 kneeling or whatever and have no fans in the stands, that's going to be a problem too. Because normally you'd have fans in the stands, right, to kind of get bring attention to it. So I think he's stuck well, in a pickle because, you know, like to your point originally, uh, he could have listened. He could have done something about it, but they avoided that. And now I agree if he goes – if he comes back, it sort of defeats the purpose of what he protested about. I think if he stays away at this point and actually have the league make changes, you know, or have the players help the league make changes – then I think it would be more beneficial for him because ultimately, I mean, I don't even know if at this point he, he claims he's player, he, you know, he's ready to play. So we won't know that at this point, but I'm pretty sure he, you know, he's still young. So. So, so here's the thing with, with that, as far as not having fans, I think not having fans is, is really what's going to change that because, you know, the players and the NFL have stated that, they're going, you know, they're going to move along with having, you know, having players being able to protest. And I think people are, I, to be honest, I think people are going, are going to tune in for that. I think people are going to want to see if the NFL actually sticks to what they say they're going to do or allow or what have you. I don't really think that it's going to matter if there's, you know, fans in the stand or not. Um, I just think that's, that's how it's going to go. You know, people people are going to want to tune in, whether they're tuning in for the actual game or their team or what have you, or if they're t- tuning in to actually see, you know, is every player kneeling or is there is there more, you know, are there more players and staff and everything protesting, things right. of that nature. So I don't really think that having a fan base present is going to change that. All right. Fair point. Um, so, Mac? Before we get out of here, we got five minutes. So um, WFA announces the news with the partnership with a consulting firm. Uh, you can get it at the hub at facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties. The WFLA announces a college tour, uh, somewhat, I guess, college tour initiative to go to certain colleges nationwide to try to recruit uh, players for the league. And they're also introduced this week a, a junior league concept to – kind of create a feeder system. So we'll see what those two things come about and how those things evolve. Uh, they're they're going to have a combine on July 18th, and then they're going to have the draft the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Um, and on top of that, Sin City Trojans, uh, Lexi uh, DeMeo and Devin Jones, as they were here last weekend, they route the West Texas Seahawks 70-0 to zero in Vegas. And you can catch uh, Lexi's highlights on our No Joke Football brand pretty awesome touchdown highlight there as well. So uh, shout out to Sin City for the victory. Um, and then Utah girls football season kicked off uh, last week and the week before. Uh, you can go to Utah girls football league and you can catch all the highlights of all the games 
this last weekend. So a lot of teams, the standings are right there at the hub. We're going to keep tabs on the Utah Girls Football League season. And if, you want to, if you're missing football and you miss football, go right there, Utah Girls Football League on Facebook. You can go to the Utah uh, Girls uh, IG page as well. And, Mac, Finland will have football. The Maple League will ah. kick off July 20th. July 2020, we are going to kick off. And uh, so the Maple League in Finland will have an official season. So we're waiting for other leagues to see if they're going to reopen at some point. But uh, the Maple League in Finland will, the S, this SAJL will have a 2020 season, which is pretty cool. You know, I, I told you we, we have to stay optimistic about sports coming back um, as far as teams and leagues having seasons. So I feel a little bit more confident that our main leagues here in the U.S., as far as women's full full contact is concerned, might be a thing. You know, it may be unorthodox, but I think the goal is to either either way, it's just is just to play. Yeah, and we saw Sin City come in here yesterday. I mean, last week with Devin Jones, and he expressed why he's having an independent schedule. So that's going to be pretty cool at this point. Um, Mac, uh, WNFC gets verified on IG. Big deal. Not on Twitter or Facebook, yes. but on IG. Big deal. Step your game up. That's all I got to say. All I got to say. Step your game up. That's correct. All right. So, you guys, I hope you guys were uh, enlightened. Do the replay here. Thank you for sharing and subscribing. We are just blowing up on Spotify, uh, blowing up on Apple. We are trekking and trending positively on iHeart. Uh, we are the best network on the planet, bar none, bring you the best source for women's American football everywhere on the globe. We can't thank our network enough for doing their job. So if you miss anything, you better go to the hub at facebook.com for slash Grand Beauties. Weekly updates, breaking news, and awesome stories. So check out the story from Hannah McEwen from the Canada swing where she is a product of the Manitoba girls football league and ended up going to the Western women's Canadian football league. And now she's on a mission to be on the 2021 WFLA Denver gold rush. So really cool story there. So check it out there and don't miss it. Go to the hub. And for uh, Mackenzie coming in here uh, a little late, but we got everything good. So we're, we're going to be excited for next week. We're going to have another interesting uh, guests as well. And if you miss any of our podcasts, go back 322, 321, 320, 319, pick and choose and do the replay there. You can listen to uh, Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, and everybody else. So we are basically great. And thank you everybody for sharing and commenting on our Facebook page as well. So um, Mac, we got to thank uh, Daniel Harvey and Sherry Awala for coming in here and voicing their concerns on the George Floyd tragedy, the police brutality, and all the politics involved with trying to make a difference and change so we don't have this ever happen again. So, Yeah, you know, I was, oh, man, I was so appreciative that we were able to get them on here. Like I said, you know, with those two, with those two ladies being at, at the heart of the backlash and the heart of all the negativity because of them kneeling during the LFL games speaks volumes. All right, guys, we will see you next weekend. Uh, for the salty one, Oscar Lopez here saying thank you very much for t- tuning in. We'll see you here next weekend, and don't forget to do replays. Really, really appreciate it. Have a great evening, everybody.